I need some help. I needed a partner in the whole thing. It's just like, come on, this is where I'm at. I just put myself on the scale and it was a number that it's just absolutely unacceptable to me. I just, I never thought I'd see it and it was crushing. You know, I called Kamatni and, you know, it was very reassuring and comforting. It's like, no, I can't do this. Well, hello there. And welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. Today, we're going to be talking about just getting going. Getting going on that journey to health. And that journey is different for everyone. Some people will start fast. Others take a more slow approach. It's just a matter of finding what works for you. And so today we are going to hear the first chapter in the story of Vince Botiford. Now keep in mind that this book is also still being written. But you're getting the first chapter of it right here. The first chapter of a very real-life journey. Vince is going to be working with Kamatni Rollins from Fit Fathers. And for years, Vince watched Kamatni as they dined together, seeing what was on his plate. And it was a plate filled with nothing but beans and greens and grains and vegetables. It was a plate that looked a lot different than anyone else's that happened to be on that table that night. And so for years, he watched this. And that is when the idea of going plant-based first piqued Vince's interest. It was as if with every meal, little seeds were being planted. And then eventually... Vince, like so many of us, reached a breaking point. He was unhappy with how he looked. He felt miserable when he stepped on the scale. And you're even going to hear him say during this conversation that when he looked down and he saw that number, it was unacceptable. And so he reaches out then to Kamatni, and you will hear how these two gentlemen could not possibly be any more different. But nonetheless, Vince calls up Kamatni, he asks for his help, and now together they are working to build the healthier future that Vince always wanted. And those breaking points, they can be tough, they can be devastating even, but they can also be the catalyst for change. And you turn that anger, that frustration, and even a hint of fear, you turn all of that into motivation to make things happen. And for Vince, that meant transitioning to a plant-based diet to take charge of his health. Now, you will note that Vince is just beginning his journey. He's not 100% there yet. 
So what you're going to get here is an authentic look at what it is like for the majority of people who are transitioning to a plant-based diet. I think if you sought out this show, there's a pretty good chance you're an elite level vegan, or at least you have it down pretty good. But your friends, your family, those who aren't there yet, if they decide to make the change, this could very well be them as well. So Vince is really kind of the everyman here. And we're going to hear from him and Kamatni as this everyman sets out to change once and for all. And then also on the show today, we will be hearing, after we close that first chapter, we will be hearing from Dr. Vanita Rahman. Now, she and I are going to be talking about new legislation that would ban the sale of junk food to kids. I mean, straight up ban it, make it illegal, treat it like cigarettes. You would have to be 18 years old in order to buy chips and soda. So this law, it is controversial indeed, but we will be talking about it. Plus, Dr. Rahman, she's got details on an eye-opening study about the rate of heart disease that is being found in people under the age of 35. The number is sobering, to say the least. And then before we close up shop for the day, we will be opening up the doctor's mailbag and answering your questions as well. It is indeed a full show in store for you, but we are going to start at the beginning and it is the beginning of a new chapter in Vince Botiford's life. So let's write this chapter together as he and Kamatni Rollins join us on the exam room. Time now for a story of change here on the Exam Room Podcast. So often when we have stories of inspiration on, it's when a person has already reached their goals. But today, we're going to talk about meeting somebody who's just getting going on that journey, just embarking on it. The trials, the tribulations, the ups, the downs, and the support that they're getting to make sure that they do, in fact, reach the goals that they have set for themselves. So, I'm very excited to welcome to the show two people who I think will inspire you for the next half hour or so. We're going to start with the man who's kind of leading the charge behind this. You know him very well from Fit Fathers, Mr. Kamatni Rollins. Kamatni, thanks so much for joining us today, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me, Chuck, man. It's always a pleasure, brother. Before we bring Vince on, whom you're working with, uh, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to work with him. You two, aside from the industry that you work in, you two seem like you could not be any more different. <laughs> and that is so true. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I always taught myself to try to be as open as possible when traversing through the universe. You know, I travel the world and I find myself in very intriguing countries from. Ethiopia to Japan. And if you absorb the culture of the people and try to speak the people's lingo and their language and, their, and operate within their customs, then you'll find out that you have more in common with other human entities than you don't. 
Um, so staying here in, 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 in Washington, D.C., and um, the other industry, the media industry that I'm in, technology, um, I'm always around a lot of individuals who are unlike me in, in color, in cadence, in, in, in language, um, but always seek to find the commonalities, um, whether it's sports, whether it's nutrition um, or travel. And, you know, when I came across Vince and when he came across me, we found that we had more and similar than we didn't, you know, so from the outside, um, you know, we look like we're taking two divergent paths, um, but our conversations um, winds up being some of the same subject, you know, topics of discussion. Um, And we seem to want the same aspirations in life and we have some of the same goals. Um, So it kind of made it easy and we forged a relationship and it's been about 25 years now. And, you know, we followed each other along the journey and and always sought to help one another out outside of the business entity. You know, you, you have someone's cell phone number outside the business and you can text and communicate with them. Um, and you can definitely call them a friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I agree 100%. So with that fine introduction, let's bring in Vince Botaford, who is, uh, indeed, uh, the yang to your yin. Very much different individuals, but coming together here, you piece together nicely for a change for good. Uh, Vince, welcome to the exam room, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Hey, it's great to be here. Um, you know, thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, what you do is is remarkable. So thank you for that. And it's just good to be here and, you know, just share some experiences. Oh, man. And I... I'm excited not only that you're here, but I'm excited for the journey that you're going on. You know, uh, Kamatni knows this all too well. I know this having been 420 pounds at one point in my life. I know where you are right now, and I know where you're going. And I'm so thrilled for you because you're also working with an individual who I know will absolutely get to where it is that you need to be. So let's talk about where you are today and why you decided to really try to address your health. That why, I think in terms of why somebody wants to change their life, overhaul their health, improve things, that can be as critical as what is on their plate. So before we go any further, what is your why? Why do you want to make this change right now? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. The why is real simple. I have four grandkids that are they're five, eight, nine, and 11. And I had an epiphany that if I continued uh, on the path that I was on, which was the wrong path uh, with regard to health, weight, uh, you know, diet, um, uh, I was not going to, uh, to, to see them through uh, graduating high school and lots of other life things. Uh, I knew that if I didn't, uh, return to normal, uh, that my life was not going to uh, last for much longer. I've got, you know, some underlying health issues that, you know, the weight, the diet, you know, what I would consume, uh, I was just going totally in the wrong direction. At some point in my life, there was a fork in the road, probably in my 30s, uh, when I just started making some ridiculous bad choices in terms of, you know, what I consumed and how I lived and exercise. And I had very high metabolism when I was a lot younger. I'm 58 now. And uh, those those two don't converge together anymore. And I just I can't you know. So physically, I just want to you know as best possible, right? You can't turn the clock back, but in some ways you can. So yeah, man, that's that's a huge one. Let's talk about the day that you kind of reached that breaking point. You picked up the phone and you you called Kamatni and you said, "Hey, man, I need help." 
where were you health wise? Where, how was your weight? Were you on medication for high blood pressure? What was going on with you? Yeah. So all of the above, you know, um, I am on medication for high blood pressure. I have cardiac arrhythmia, uh, some digestive issues and things like that. You know, probably a, a, about in the spring, uh, you know, my weight was, uh, you know, not where I, I was happy with. And so on my own, I started to do things like count calories. I would take a half hour walk every day, things like that. And, you know, that went on for a, a while. And, uh, you know, my weight definitely just kind of flattened out. Then I weighed myself one day and I'd actually gained like two pounds. And I, I thought, I just, this is, I can't do this by myself. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a, I won't go to the gym. I don't, I don't like gyms per se. And, you know, uh, I needed a call. I need some help. I needed someone like, uh, I needed a partner in the whole thing, not a family member or anybody like that. I just need to call Kamatni and see what he thinks. And it really wasn't to engage in like on a regular basis, just like, Kamatni, this is where I'm at. I just put myself on the scale and it was a number that it's just absolutely unacceptable to me. I just, it's, I never thought I'd see it and it was crushing. And I called him and said, I just, I don't know what to do, man. Uh, you know, almost like an alcoholic. Like, I, I need help. <laughs> so, you know, I called Kamatni and, you know, it was very uh, reassuring and comforting. It's like, no, I, you can't do this. You know, uh, you can't get back to normal. So, Kamatni, you get this phone call. You've known Vince for a number of years. How did you react when he was like, hey, man, like, it's time to go. I'm at my breaking point. I just saw this number that I really don't like on the scale. Can you help me? What was your immediate reaction? Well, I mean, I get a lot of those calls a lot or emails or texts. And, um, you know, I asked the person, you know what I'm saying? It's like you got to do a lot of introspection and really decide if you really want this. Because if, if you do, I'm going to help you. But, you know, I'm, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time, you know, because a lot of times people have all these thoughts in their heads. And, you know, psychologically, it's just a bunch of conjecture uh, that their mind is telling them. I think we want to change. But their habits don't actually put it into fruition. Um, but from the tone of the call, I felt that, you know, you know, Vince was at a breaking point. And I was up there like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you send me your current lifestyle so I can evaluate, you know, the things that need to be changed. You know, how are you eating currently? Um, how often do you exercise if you do it all? Um, and what are you ingesting that you shouldn't be ingesting, whether it's, you know, how much alcohol or if smoking's involved. So, you know, he right away he sent me all of that. And I was like, okay, he's serious. Um, cause most people will, um, take their time with that or not send it at all. They'll procrastinate. Um, and then right away, I just kind of put a plan together and I was like, Hey, this is, we can do this, 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 and that. And if you're willing to accept that, you know, we can move forward. And he was like, I'm ready to accept it. So, um, mentally he had already made the decision and that's the hardest part, um, in a lifestyle change. Uh, for your mind to get set with, you know, what the intended goal is. So once you self-evaluate your needs and desires um, and you'll say, all right, I'm, I'm ready. You know, that's the, that's the challenging part. The execution could be pretty simple, 
um, as long as you got this in control. And it seemed like, um, you know, Vince had delegated over that over some time. So he was definitely ready. And Vince, you know, I, I remember being overweight and the trials and tribulations of trying to lose weight. You'd be successful and then you'd put a lot back on and then you'd look down at the scale, as you said, you'd get deflated. But that happened time and time mm. and time again. You're a month in to this journey and, and we'll talk about how this first month has been from you, but what makes this go around different for you? Um, I, I really think it was, uh, you know, the stars lining up where I made multiple conclusions at the same time that I hadn't before. And uh, I think it was the, the epiphany that I was literally uh, taking years away from my life. That was, I mean, and that was just not okay. I, you know, my grandkids, my family are super important to me. And, uh, and the other thing is, I, I think that for me, the journey was more like, uh, not, not a diet or losing weight or, you know, improving, you know, my intake or whatever. It, it was more like, I want to go back to where I was. And it, it would be like, if you imagine, you know, the best place you've ever traveled to, like, uh, Kamatni and I both love Hawaii. We've been there many times. You know, it's, it would be like the proposition of, hey, we're going to go back to Maui. And I'd be all excited about that. I'd be like packing and, you know, booking a great flight. Where are we going to stay? I'm very, very motivated. So that's kind of in my mind. It's like I'm going back to a happier place uh, physically and mentally and uh, where I have more energy and more aware. I feel better. I've got more activity. And so I'm going back to that place. And that was not difficult okay it was like i'm all in let's go and you know it's just like travel or anything it's it's inconvenient you have to change your schedule we all have to go through tsa and take our shoes off it's uh you know rather unpleasant sometimes but it's the destination it's like wow we're going back to maui and so i'm just going back to that place i'm going back to the place where i could get into you know a pair of uh, you know 36 jeans and uh you know i've got 50 suits in my closet I can't even wear. They're all too small. So I'm going to go back to where I can, you know, fit into my Armani's again. And, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> and so it's like, uh, you know, that's kind of, and that was a lot, that was really different for me, you know, and I, and I had a, a, a real serious conversation with my wife, Jeanette. I said, listen, you know, let's not have conversations about what I'm eating how much I'm exercising. I'm going to make the, I'm going to, is this good? Is this going to help me? Is this going to hurt me? I'm going to do all that. And uh, that was different too, because I didn't want to put her in that place of, in my mind, like nagging or, you know, reminding me or whatever. That's like, you know, I'll rely on commodity for that. <laughs> and so, you know, that's been kind of different too. So yeah, I think it's, it's a journey back to a place I want to go is I think what has been different about it. So, so let's talk about um, when you first got those rules from Kamatni up front, when you, you know, were corresponding up front, he's like, look, this is the way it's got to be. Otherwise we're not going to do it. Clearly it was something that you liked. So you decided to move forward. Was there anything in there that, you know, really stood out to you? It was like either, man, you know, I really, really like this, or even just the slightest bit of, I don't know if I can do this, but you know, what, what was your initial reaction to that? Yeah. So I think the way I'm wired is, is that when I'm, when I'm all in, uh, I'm, I'm in, 
I'm either all in or I'm all out. And, and so once I cross that line, that's the way I'm in business. It's the way I'm in friendships and relationships. So once I was committed and I was all in and there were, you know, a lot, some of, and, you know, to me, I looked at them more as like recommendations. Here's some steps we're going to take. These are some mileposts along the journey, not necessarily, you know, rules or, or, you know, for me, the main thing was uh, buy-in. It's like, are you all in or, or not? And I think Kamatni knows me well enough to know that once, once I crossed that, okay, I'm all in, you know, there's, there's not, there's no wiggle room. There's no uh, options for going back. I'm, I'm in, it's, uh, you've started the journey on that journey back to Maui. As far as I'm concerned, you know, we haven't even left the house yet. Okay. And, uh, so there's a long way to go. And I, I think if I perceive it like that, cause we're about a month into it, uh, then I'll be, uh, you know, happier with the results as I start to see them. Cause we're not gonna, you know, we're not going to get, uh, you know, teleported to Maui. We've got a, it's a journey. We got to get there. So, so that's how I kind of look at that. And so, and I was anticipating actually uh, things to be a tad bit stricter, right? I thought, you know, when I first got the recommendations, like, okay, here's what, how we're going to lay it out. And it was really sort of, again, you know, we're going to learn how to crawl before we can walk. And, uh, so, so uh, easing into things. Kamatni's uh, recommended recommended uh, exercise uh, regimen during the week. I've exceeded that several times just because I want to, and it's like I feel like taking a walk. I'm gonna, I'm out. I'm gonna go, and uh, or I'm gonna take a bike ride. Things like that. So it has not necessarily, in my mind, been all that difficult mentally once I was there. And I think that's the key. Is like, you know, I've I've done diets and dieting, and I need to lose weight. These are all negative things. I, I tried to dispense with all that, and I think Kamani and I talked a lot about that. I said, and I told him, I said, this has to be positive. This has to be about going back to a place that I want to be, and going back to being, you know, what I was. I took at some point, I took the wrong path, and I'm just going to correct that. And uh, so, and that's a lot of how I do things in business as well. Is like, you know, what does success look like? How do we get there? Let's make it fun and positive and, and roll. So that that's how, you know, and this month has been like that, you know. Well, Kamatni, I want to come back to you. And before we talk about the dietary changes that have been implemented here, I, I think that we should talk about, you know, maybe some of the dinners that the two of you had going out to eat uh, beforehand. Um, and you were telling me before we started to roll, when you would place your order, it was much different than anybody else at the table. And it would kind of open some eyes. Talk to us a little bit about those dinners. Yeah, so... um for those that don't know, I've been uh, plant-based for 10 years now. Um, so when we, you know, prior to, of course, I used to eat like a gremlin like everyone else. Um, and you were on these business trips and you can order whatever you want. Um, you know, uh, as much steak as you want, as much uh, fish as you want. Um, and you see that people don't have that much control when something is free or when something is given to them. They don't really know how to say no. You know, the stomach is only as big as your palm. I'm actually full. Um, we would just keep ingesting. And um, so when I turned vegan and, uh, you know, learned how, you know, proper digestion works in the role fiber plays as well and uh, creating uh, 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 satiation, um, I started eating smaller, of course, increasing 
the cruciferous green veggies, the, the colorful veggies, and uh, more fruits and whole grains. So I always made sure that there was intention to speak to the individual in charge of uh, the culinary experience. I'm like, hey, I know this is on the menu, but I'm plant-based, and do you have this, this, and that? Um, so I would suggest some things, whether it was uh, tofu or tempeh for protein or beans. And no matter what, I always have vegetables at lunch and dinner. Um, that way, I try to uh, uh, get an intake of five to seven servings of uh, fruits and veggies a day. Um, so, yeah, they would just and chefs actually love when they have a vegan in the house um, because they're like, OK, this is my time to shine. I got someone. um I got someone that I got to, uh, you know, I got to uh, take care of and win over. So they just come up with these very imaginative dishes that even exceed my expectations, you know. So you'll get a big plate of quinoa and tomatoes and every veggie possible, you know, with some uh, seitan layers in it and some beans. And you're like, damn. And even, <laughs> even though it's a plant-based meal, I'm still like, I can't eat this whole thing because, you know, then I'm being just as gluttonous if it wasn't plant-based. So you also have to have that intuition as well to know when to cut it off. Um, and they say in Europe, you know, that's why they have a lot of conversation during dinner, you know, because they put their forks down and allow some of those smaller meals to digest. Um, and for their, digestive system to send those signals to the brain like hey i'm actually kind of full we don't need the uh the seventh course or the sixth course um but here we just we just eat you know we get a big plate of something and our mind is like we have to consume all of that or we're being wasteful um so yeah a lot of my colleagues would see how i was ordering and um i think you know that created um some some positive influence whether they told me or not um you know Years down the line, they'd be like, hey, you know, you kind of influenced me to, like, change up um, my diet a little bit just by watching you. Um, so it feels good when people do come back to you and, um, and let you know that you've been um, a factor in their change because, you know, I'm always progressing. I never really stop and pat myself on the back. You know, I'm on to the next person or the next group or the next set of kids. So it just feels good to uh, self, self-evaluate, you know, some of the accomplishments um, that you have made. Vince, how different uh, was the food on your plate compared to what it was Kamatni was just describing, you know, the abundance of quinoa and vegetables. Before you started this past month, you know, what was on your plate? <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's a good question. Well, first to, you know, Kamatni's point, when we travel on business, uh, uh, you know, there's uh, an abundance of, you know, very rich, uh, you know, everything, steak, you know, whatever. Um, and look, and, and that's just my life or, you know, it certainly was. And, uh, you know, I am a, I, my wife and I love to cook. We love to be in the kitchen. Um, you know, we collect uh, vintage cookbooks. And so, you know, what would be very common, you know, for, for me in a given day or a week or whatever, would be everything from, you know, pork, chicken, sea, lots of seafood, beef, um, you know, very, very regular, uh, you know, bacon, eggs, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, I live well and, uh, I would eat well and, and I still do that, that really hasn't changed. And so, 
you know, uh, and being, you know, traveling with Kamatni a lot and watching the choices that he would make again, like, you know, I was sort of a, an observer on the sidelines watching him over a long period of time and, you know, make a lot of the choices and watch him, you know, very enviously many times say, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to be there someday. I just don't know when. And, uh, I wasn't ready, obviously, you know, at the time, but, uh, nothing that I ever saw him do that I find to be distasteful or, you know, um, you know, ridiculous or anything like that. It was just, you know, I just wasn't there, but you know, we, I, I live well and, you know, we certainly have eaten well. I remember when we, the first week that we got started, uh, you know, I went through, I, I was in Detroit at, at our townhouse in, in Michigan at the time and, uh, went through, cleared out all kinds of stuff that shouldn't have been in, in the kitchen in the cupboards and refrigerator. And I went to the market and did this new shopping, you know, come on, you sent me a list like, Hey, try these things. And, uh, that was, you know, I found that to be, you know, rather easy. And I'm still learning about, you know, when and how you buy certain, you know, kinds of fresh fruits and vegetables and how long will they last and how can you use them? And, you know, you just, that's just, that's just a whole new learning process. Uh, and so sort of the symbol for the whole thing has been a banana for me. Uh, that was, you know, uh, we started on a day that Kamatni was ending a fast. Uh, he fasts, I think, every Monday. Is that right? And uh, he had this banana. And <laughs> I was like, wow, that looks really good. So <laughs> I texted him a, pic- a picture of a banana and said, okay, we're started. So yeah, well, uh, what we say, bananas aren't even... This, bananas aren't even juicy, but this was the juiciest banana I've ever had. <laughs> banana's always the first piece of uh, anything I eat coming off a of fast. So, yeah, it's always definitely juicy, and we all know bananas are dry. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those were the, you know, those were, the, I guess, the before sort of diet things. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I think for me, I'm still like, like you know, Kamatni and I are doing a video cooking call today where I'm going to learn how to, uh, you know, prepare uh, vegan tacos. I love tacos. So, you know, we'll do that. So I'm still, you know, learning a lot of new things and uh, certainly willing to experiment because, you know, at, at bottom line, you know, and I go back to the journey, you know, the destination is what's important. And so everything along the way is, uh, is just, you know, part of the experience. And so I'm totally fine, you know, with, with whatever. So, uh, you know, and I, I, I firmly believe too that when it, it's easy, I think to kind of get started on something that seems like a program or seems like a diet or, or whatever. This, you know, I, I, what's important to me is that this just, this isn't that. This is just, you know, going back to normal. That it's that simple. And, uh, so I, I think if someone is thinking about, Oh, I need to diet. I need to lose weight. I need to change, you know, what I consume. You know, just think about normalcy. Just think about what's right. Is this going to hurt me? Is this going to help me? You know, how many years do I want to, you know, put back on my life instead of take away from? I love the way that you put that. It's getting back to normal. You know, so many people think, yeah, it's going to be a completely new me. No, man, we're we're getting back to normal because there's been nothing normal about what has been going on in my body for the past two decades. I I love the way that you put that. So um, let's be honest, man. I mean, have there been any challenges that you've had to overcome so far? 
Um, you know, I think that the, you know, this, this recent vacation that I took with my grandkids, you know, we went, uh, you know, I took a, a, a really large 45 foot diesel pusher class A motorhome, which was uh, work all by itself. But my, it took my four grandkids, my wife and my adult daughter on this trip to, we went to Grand Teton, Yellowstone, Cody, Mount Rushmore. Uh, we did the big, what's called the Grand Circle, and then back to Cheyenne. So it was Cheyenne to Cheyenne. It's 1,600 miles, if you're curious how long it is. <laughs> and it takes seven and a half, almost eight days. That, that was probably the biggest challenge, because right in the middle of the first month um, is, this, is this big, epic, you know, trip, uh, road trip. And actually, I, I, it was a, a little easier than I thought, because it, I had a rolling kitchen. So I had a, you know, a full-size refrigerator. We had the kitchen. Uh, there was, we didn't eat out at a single restaurant. So that was a lot easier than I was expecting other than, you know, what the kids wanted to eat all the time, which was, you know, and they got to do whatever they wanted. So that was totally fine. But, uh, you know, uh, they, they got to, you know, we, we ate more fruits and vegetables than, than we, you know, ever had before. And, so that, and you can kind of trick them into stuff by if they want a snack, here's a banana. Every time I gave them a banana, I thought, there's the symbol. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it was, that was probably the, the, you know, the biggest challenge, uh, there. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, next up is, you know, I'm, I'm in Wyoming right now. Um, I'm going to uh, go back to uh, my office in Michigan, uh, next week. So, you know, I think from now until when I leave, it's actually a little easier in Michigan than it is here in Wyoming. Uh, you know, I just think that the shopping choices and produce and stuff are a little bit more diverse. There's no health food kind of market here uh, in Wyoming, in Cheyenne as, as opposed to the uh, Detroit area. So, you know, I think there are little challenges, you know, here and there. But, uh, you know, the good news is, is you know, I, I put myself on the scale when we got back, so come out and I think it was a couple of days ago. So I'd lost uh, a total of, I think seven pounds, seven or eight. Yeah. Seven pounds since, uh, since we started on, on the whole journey. So in less than a month, seven pounds gone and uh, they're never ever coming back because they're just not part of normal. Right. And, uh, and so we've got a lot more to go and you know, it's uh that 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 was a uh, the high point that was pretty exciting and you know it certainly wasn't because I was dehydrated or anything like that because you know staying hydrated is a big part of this you know uh, uh, thing as well so I you know I, I drink a lot of water a lot of fluids so that was pretty encouraging I was happy about that and so we're just going to keep going now Kamatni it, it sounds like maybe Vince has kind of been able to take control a little bit of his own menu or am I off base here and you've really laid out a specific uh, diet plan for him? How much free reign uh, is happening right now? Um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as to that far. Uh, I think right now is that he has the formula, um, the blueprint, you know, for what um, a healthy diet should constitute. But when it gets down to the specifics I think that's the challenge for everyone. All right, now that I want to eat healthy, what do I actually eat? Well, you know, how do I cook this stuff? Um, 
So we haven't really been able to, uh, you know, do some some one-on-one cooking demos until tonight because he was on the road trip. Um, but I did send him, you know, some recipe to some some you know some cool things I think he would like, like the cauliflower wings. Um, but it's one thing of seeing a recipe and then actually being shown how to cook it. So I want to go through all those steps as well to the point where it gets so comfortable, you don't even have to look at the recipe anymore. And, you know, once you meet a certain goal, like he lost the seven pounds, the next step is to say, let's go deeper. Um, Mm -hmm. It's always good to, to maintain what you're doing, you know, but for me, I love challenging myself. And I'm all, I always want to dig in deeper. Um, like, for example, I just got this new um, specialized hybrid road bike. And, uh, you know, my longest ride so far has been uh, 38 miles. So now I'm like, all right, I want to do a 50-mile bike ride. So I started setting a plan on what weekend am I going to do it, you know, what pass will allow me to go 25 and then back again, and then how I'm going to fuel myself for those three to four hours. You know, so that's – you know, that will always help anyone take it to the next step. How can I go deeper? So we're going to do some more cooking demos together. Uh, tonight we're going to do um, vegan tacos. We're using seitan and uh, black beans. And um, then on the side, we're going to have, um, I told him to pick up some Japanese sweet potatoes, which is uh, in Neil Barnard's, one of, uh, one of his books, Power Food for the Brain. And it talks about brain threats and then... Um, you know, brain protectors. And when I read that book and learned about the Japanese sweet potato and how the Okinawans are like one of the most long lived people and how their staple food is that, you know, that sweet potato um, because of all of the antioxidants and um, how it can actually have positive, you know, fight against Alzheimer's. I just kind of made that a staple. And my wife's half Japanese. So. <laughs> <laughs> it works out. <laughs> the thing is that she never really ate the sweet potato until I bought it home. So she's like, "Oh, is this from my country?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're gonna um, steam up one of those and um, some corn on the cob, and then, of course, the vegan tacos. So, like every week, I want to introduce like a new meal that he can learn how to cook, and uh, you know, put it into his uh, his menu. But the main thing we talked about was breakfast because Vince is a proponent of having a good breakfast. Um, you know, so what we wanted to do I, initially was eliminate 50% of all meats that you eat. I don't care what meats they are, just kind of, you don't have to have protein or meat at every meal. Um, so he did that. And then, of course, Mondays we'll do Meatless Monday. And then we'll double the intake of the fruits and veggies. So for breakfast, I'm like... Um, you know, just, you know, add some asparagus. He likes asparagus, um, you know, to whatever you're having and have, you know, a piece of fruit or two. Um, that way you're automatically getting your, your fiber intake um, and, and, <clears throat> and some calcium and some iron. So, um, so yeah, he's been absorbing it, you know, like a champ. Um, and, and that's the goal because, you know, sometimes when people are exercising, when they're on that part of the plan, they're like, oh, I can reward myself. That means I can eat more. I'm like, nah, that's <laughs> we'll throw you off again. And that's the that's the problem with people that use um, just one aspect of lifestyle change. They may 
focus on diet and not fitness. So they might focus on fitness and not diet, but you got to like integrate both of those and then also reprogram the mind um, and bring a lot of positive influence in your life because then you'll see that you're just a more positive person in general. Like you're just congenial about everything, you know, because it starts with the freshness of the food. So you're waving everyone, no matter what color or creed they are, you're just respectful to everybody. And that's what life should be about. That's what Mm -hmm. humanity was about in the beginning. It's just that humans and their evil deeds just took us to a whole new level. Uh, we, we only have a, a couple of minutes left here. And Vince, I want to ask you, so we're talking about weaning off of that old diet with the meat. Um, and that's one of the things Dr. Barnard has spoken about on this very show is not everybody can go, you know, just cold tofu, as he says, overnight and go all in. A lot of people have to gradually step down into this thing. Are you confident, though, given the success that you have experienced over the past month, the way that you feel today compared to just 30 days ago, are you confident that you can get all the way down to a 100% plant-based diet? Yeah. I mean, I think even a month ago, uh, that idea was probably even off the table for me. Uh, I think commodity would, would support that as well. But what I've learned over the past month is that it's really interesting and fulfilling. And so, and I, like I've said, to Kamatni when we started, what I eat is not as important as that I'm, I'm satisfied, I'm fulfilled, and I'm full. I don't like to be hungry, right? And it, so what it is is not that important. And we, and we started almost immediately uh, by eliminating uh, all pork. It was like, you know what? Let's just take this incrementally one thing at a time. And that was actually easier than I thought it was going to be. Pork is frankly pretty disgusting in my view, but uh, so, you know, that was out uh, rather quickly. And then, you know, other things, uh, you know, I cut eggs in, in half. I probably haven't even had maybe even that since then. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of the rest of the protein, you know, probably would be seafood. Uh, I absolutely, you know, that's the one thing I struggle with a little bit is I, I absolutely love, you know, high quality, really good seafood, but uh, you know, beef is, you know, maybe I, I consume maybe, maybe 20% of the beef. That, and I don't even really miss it. We did uh, vegan uh, uh, burgers on this trip and no one even frankly noticed. So, uh, and you know, actually the kids liked them a little bit more because I think they were, they tasted a little saltier because whatever was in them was a little good. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you, you, so uh, when Kamani and I first got started too, is I, I'm all about a whole bunch of first downs. So I can't, you know, you're not going to win the game in one play. So I wanted a whole bunch of series of first downs to get to, to where we need to be. And that's exactly what we've done. And I think you'll just self-guide yourself more towards that. You know, when I say normal, if, uh, if we were dropped off on an island somewhere, what would we be? Well, man, you won me over with the sports analogy. So I'm all in for you right now. Um, I will tell you this in closing. Um, Here you are today. And I just in this past week interviewed a gentleman who put his mother-in-law on a plant-based diet. She was 96 at the time. Mm. Went all in on this. Now she is off all of her medication. She went from being sedentary and kind of cranky to walking two to three miles a day, and you can't wipe that smile off of her face. 96 years old she was, 
when this happened. She just had her healthiest birthday ever at 97. And so if she can do that, uh, Vince, I, I am just as confident as can be that you will get there as well. And so if you ever have a day when you're feeling down, like, man, this, I just can't do it because we all do have those days. Think about Josephine Stagnero, my friend, 96 years old and those changes. And Kamatni, I know that you've heard stories like that before. Maybe not 96, but I mean, just incredible health transformations. And based off of what I've heard from Vince in the past half hour and what you've heard from him over the last month, you got to be confident he's going to get there as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you know, for me, it's always about each one teach one because everything Vince takes in, he's going to pass on um, to his friends, his seeds, um, you know, his his network. And it's just going to you know matriculate. So that's 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 the joy of this 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 whole position. Um, you know, having that domino effect and, you know, reaching more than you intended to. So at the end of the day, um, you know, we can offer those uh, positive vibrations of Josephine. <laughs> yeah, man. Amen to that. So here's what I want to do, guys. Uh, if you're up for it, I would love to check back in with you, you know, every couple of months just to keep tabs and see how you're doing. I think that you've got a lot of people now that are going to be kind of invested in your journey here, Vince. You know, no pressure if you're not up for it, but uh, I certainly am, am going to be a big cheerleader for you, my friend. But if you're up for it, would love to be able to follow you guys along. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'd, I'd be delighted to, you know, to do that, you know, checkpoints along the way. I think it will help me as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Kamatni, Vince, you guys are amazing. Good luck. And we will check back in with you in a couple of months. All right. One love. So Vince is just getting going. He is just getting going. But you know what? He's going to get there. He is going to get there. Do you remember if you've had this big change in your life? Do you remember what it was like when that switch got flipped inside of you? It just feels different than the hundreds of other times that you've tried to change before. Speaking from experience, when it comes to weight loss, it was way different. It's, It's hard to describe, really. You just know that feeling. It's like you feel it in your gut, but it's a gut feeling times 10. It's powerful. And in some ways, it's even comforting, actually, because you know that even though the finish line is way off in the distance, you feel it that for the first time, you will cross that line. You know you will get there. And there is nothing absolutely nothing that can stop you. And that right now, that is the journey that Vince is on. And we're going to be tracking him and cheering him on along the way. We're going to be checking in with him. And we're going to be checking in with Kamatni as well, seeing how that progress is going. I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be okay. Now here's something else to keep in mind. Again, This is something that we've spoken about with Dr. Barnard on this show many, many times. Not everyone who goes plant-based goes hardcore plant-based overnight. It can be a process. I'm not even sure that anyone is ever perfectly plant-based right out of the gate. 
there's a learning curve that comes with it. Essentially, you're learning how to eat all over again. And that is where Kamatni comes in. He's going to be hitting Vince with that wisdom. He's going to be hitting him with that knowledge. And he's going to be helping him along his path. He's going to get him to where he wants to be. He will get him to a point where he will be around to see his grandchildren for many, many years to come. And while Vince is just getting going on his journey, let's take a look at health now from the opposite end of the age spectrum. I'm going to go way back to childhood. I want to talk about the eating habits that we developed then and how those habits really dictate the challenges that we may face as adults. To that end, there is a major junk food crackdown underway in southern Mexico, where the sale of high-calorie snacks to children has been outlawed. Lawmakers in Oaxaca have passed legislation that bans the sale of things like chips and soda to anyone under the age of 18. That is unless they're accompanied by a parent. Now this bill, it also bans vending machines in schools. And the drastic move comes as the country battles one of the highest rates of childhood obesity in the world. More recently, Mexican officials have also been blaming junk food for alarmingly high numbers of middle-aged people to die from COVID-19. And so they want to prevent that. They want children to get healthy now, and they want them to be better positioned for a future pandemic, should there unfortunately be one. And this is a big-time move, talking about banning the sale of junk food to kids, treating it like tobacco. And I want to explore this from a doctor's point of view. So let's get that right now from Dr. Finito Rahman. Dr. Rahman, no surprise that this law is getting a lot of pushback down in Mexico, a lot of controversy here. And I know that here in the U.S., less strict measures have been put in place, like taking vending machines out of schools. But short of this outright outlaw, what can parents do to really keep this food out of the mouths of their children and, and keep them eating a healthy diet? What what can they do? This is such a struggle, Chuck, for most parents. Um, you know what? The problem we have in the U.S. is it's almost like a toxic food environment for young kids that they're growing up in. It's whether it's the cafeteria food in school or the vending machines everywhere or even at any kind of youth athletic event. After that soccer game or ice hockey tournament, it's followed by a junk food fest. There's a lot of candy and chips and hot dogs, and it's just become part of the popular culture. And it's it can seem like an uphill battle, especially for parents who want to offer healthier snacks. Um, I, I find it's really helpful to first educate the kids and let them know. But if you have really young kids, they don't care about health. They're not worried about diabetes or heart disease. Um, but talk to them about other concerns that do matter to them, the humane aspect of it. They, kids generally love animals, and that really resonates with them. Talk to them about the environment, especially adolescents. 
They feel very passionately about animals and the environment. And that could be a good angle to explain how these foods are not, they're harming the planet. They're, they're causing problem for animals worldwide. And then as parents just don't bring them into the house. Um, if they're not in the house, kids won't have them. And then, um, as you start introducing healthier foods, kids develop a taste for them. They're much less likely to reach for these cookies or candy bars um, or granola bars. Uh, you know, if, but if we keep introducing them to these foods, if we keep serving them, then that's what they develop a taste for. But it is a really tough challenge for parents. And um, it, it's important to get that conversation going, why this is important, and then talk to your kids about what would feel comfortable for you? What can you snack on when you get together with your friends? What would feel cool, but still be healthy and start these conversations and keep the kids engaged? And, you know, I think that you really hit the nail on the head uh, as far as like the younger kids. I remember speaking to someone on the show not too terribly long ago, and they were drawing the correlation between the popularity of spinach among children and when Popeye the cartoon was ultra popular, mm -hmm. you know, because he was strong to the finish because he eats right. his spinach. Right. And that kind of made spinach this mythical, amazing food instead of, you know, a box of Lucky Charms. So maybe, maybe the solution lies in just creating a whole bunch of superheroes in the produce section, like Captain Asparagus or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, and now you've brought up a really good point, Chuck. Um, the other thing that kids love uh, and look up to are athletes. And so talk about elite athletes who are changing their game and really kicking it up a notch and performing at their best by eating a healthy diet. Um, that is really cool. And that's something that most kids can really relate to. Um, so it's, we don't, maybe we don't even need these mythical characters. We've got some real life superheroes who are using healthy diets to change their performance. Yeah. Can you imagine if Michael Jordan was endorsed by, uh, I don't know, you know, like a pineapple brand, like Dole Pineapple, right? So instead of being like Mike and drinking Gatorade, like you reach for a pineapple, right? And right. suddenly you're draining three pointers like nobody's business, right? So I, I think that that could also help out, you know, as well. But it all comes down to marketing and, and education and having been a child who was raised on this junk food and, and knowing how badly you can become addicted to this stuff at such a young age. I think really, though, the solution is it's not just educating children, it's educating the parents. So it, Absolutely. you know, giving them something like a bag of potato chips isn't a second thought, like it needs to be a first thought, because it's not just something to snack on, like you are really, I, I don't mean to sound like an alarmist here, but having been there myself, you are really harming your child by giving them mm -hmm. this bag of potato chips, even though it's something that you think that they want. Yeah. Uh, you know, so important, Chuck. I think you brought up two points. One is kids eat what we as parents eat. So setting a good example is really important. If we're munching on the snacks and cookies and soda, well, that's that sends a message that it's okay. And then the kids reach for it. So really leading by example is very important. And the other thing is sometimes I think parents tend to think because children are generally healthier, it doesn't matter what they eat. You know, they'll burn it off. They'll work it off. They don't need to worry. They're thin. Um, but what's really interesting is that we're seeing rising rates of obesity in children. And I was recently looking at a research study that was done to evaluate heart disease. You talked about a heart study that came out, heart disease, and when it starts. And um, in this research study, the team 
looked at autopsies of the youth that had, you know, ages between ages of 15 and 34 who had died from some kind of traumatic event. Um, and then autopsies were done to see if they had evidence of cardiovascular disease. And can you guess, Chuck, what percentage of them had cardiovascular disease? We're talking ages 15 through 34, really young people. I'm going to bet that it's right around 50%. Was it that high? Well, I'm going to say you're not even close, Chuck. Oh, dear. Uh-oh. <laughs> Sadly, 100% had no. Yeah. No. Already. Yeah. So these are boys and girls, um, African-Americans and Caucasians, and all of them across all age groups, gender and races, there was early evidence of cardiovascular disease when their blood vessels were examined. So it starts very early and it's not a matter of if we develop it. The issue is how can we prevent it from becoming symptomatic? One hundred percent. One hundred percent of those between 15 and 34 years old, every single one of them had cardiovascular disease. That is unacceptable. So what I've asked of Dr. Rahman is to come back on the podcast. That clip that you just heard was from the exam room live, and that airs on Facebook and YouTube Monday through Friday. But I invited Dr. Rahman to come back on this podcast, where we have way more time to talk about this in depth. And I want to help to come up with some solutions. How do we get the ship righted? We're going to try to figure that out. We're going to try to figure that out as we nerd out about nutrition and science, but we do it for a good cause because we all want to get healthier together. And now we were talking about making healthy food more appealing to kids and creating veggie superheroes. So a viewer by the name of Ian, he actually tweeted me a picture of a piece of broccoli that was wearing a cape and a mask. And this guy looks like he's ready to fight crime and clean out your arteries at the same time. Super legit. I love it so much. And another person who followed me, I was like, this guy needs a name. So another follower said that we should call him the Cruciferous Crusader. I like that. The Cruciferous Crusader, right? So you can check out Captain Cruciferous or the Cruciferous Crusader or whatever it is that you want to call him. <laughs> Just check out the Mast and Cape Broccoli over on my Twitter account, at Chuck Carroll WLC. It is phenomenal. I love this, this drawing so much. So also on the exam room live, I asked Dr. Ramon to stick around and answer some questions after she dropped that knowledge on us. She was kind enough to oblige. So let's open up together the doctor's mailbag. Specific to kids, we have Deanna here at 1213. She's got a comment here. Maybe you can offer her some advice. She said, healthy plant-based foods are all I ever offer my children, but now they're older and they've been exposed to junk through their schools and their friends, and that's all they want now. So how can a parent really help to keep those outside influences at bay and the junk food out of their mouths when they're not inside the house? Yeah, this is so hard. Um, you know, when kids are young, 
we have a lot more control over what they're eating as they get older, especially as they become preteens or teens. Um, they they have new freedoms and they can choose foods. They have money to buy it um, and their friends may offer them foods. It's that much more challenging. But uh, what I found with kids is it's really important to talk to them about why this matters, about why the food matters, not just for their health, but for the health of the planet, for the health of the animals, and one or athletic performance if your child is an athlete. And one of these four will stick with them. One of these four is something they can relate to and they will want to pursue it more. But what I'm also finding with teenagers is on the one hand, it can be tricky, but on the other hand, they understand things better, so it's easier. But a lot of teens are genuinely interested in trying plant-based or vegan. And the next time they have their friends over, order a, a vegan pizza or serve up veggie burgers. And um, I've done this with my kids. Um, and it was amazing how open and receptive their friends were. It may not have been something they had thought about, but once they tried it, they were amazed how much they liked it. And they were open to exploring this more and more. But it is it does take time. Um, it does take persistence. But eventually that message really sticks with them that this really matters. All right. Let's uh, switch gears. A completely different question here. But uh, uh, this is an interesting one. So I need for you to uh, think about the most important meal of the day. That's what Mike is asking here. He wants you to rate his breakfast. So he says, how would you rate this breakfast? <laughs> I mix together 1000 grams of whole road oats. 100 grams of sunflower seeds, another 100 grams of pumpkin seeds, 200 grams of chia seeds. He's very specific. Another 200 of ground flax seeds, 100 more ground sesame seed grams, 100 grams of poppy seeds, uh, some coconut in a bowl. Then he adds uh, some frozen berries. His favorite, he says, are cranberries and sour cherries. And then he adds just a teaspoon of sugar and some non-dairy milk. He refrigerates that for about 60 minutes, and then he goes to town. So you hear all of those things. How would you rate that breakfast? I'm going to ask you on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, uh, a 10 for keeping it all plant-based. This is great. Um, and getting the whole grains in there, the oats are always whole grain, whether they're uh, steel cut or rolled or instant. That's great. And then getting the fruits in there. So that's wonderful. Um, and it's not high in added sugars, which is great. My only concern would be about the amount of seeds um, that are going in there. Seeds are a high fat food. They're about 70 to 80% fat in calories. So if someone is trying to lower their weight or lower their blood sugar, they may want to reduce the amount of seeds they're adding. But if that's not an issue and, you know, your blood sugars look good and you're at a healthy weight, then I think that's fine. So the key there is the seeds, like flax seeds, chia seeds, pumpkin seeds, they all provide healthy fats, but we just need a little bit too much could lead to weight gain. It could raise blood sugars for someone who has prediabetes or diabetes. That would be my only caution. What about that teaspoon of added sugar as well? Is that problematic there? So I know I know some people follow the very strict SOS diet, you know, salt, oil, sugar-free. And, and so let's be clear about this. Added sugar has zero health benefits. It has no nutrients. It's just empty calories. Um, and we're just adding it for flavor. So 
it's up to you. If you if you like that sweetness and you want it, I think the key is to really minimizing it. A teaspoon and in that much food probably isn't overdoing it, but you know, um, using a few tablespoons might be a lot. So it's really you want to dial down the sweetness and use as little as you can while still enjoying your meal. That's how I see it. All right. Uh, let's get the question from Hogan at twelve eleven. Wants to know, Doctor Rahman, how can you treat fungal acne? I'm assuming, uh, speaking through nutrition standpoint. So, how can food help cure acne? Yeah. So, uh, acne is uh, highly prevalent. We often think of it as something that just afflicts teenagers, but in fact, a great deal of adults also suffer from acne. And one thing we know is that acne. Um, is influenced by what we eat. So for example, high fat foods, animal foods, and then dairy products can worsen acne. Foods with a high glycemic index can worsen acne. So I would recommend if you're not already, um, go on a low fat plant-based diet, try that, that can have a profound impact. And then um, also talk to your healthcare providers if there are any other hormonal imbalances that could be contributing. And um, I avoid, rigorous, uh, you know, help just typical face hygiene is good, but avoid any harsh chemicals or astringents that can sometimes cause more damage. But from a nutrition perspective, low fat, plant based, um, we know can make a difference. And then keeping that glycemic index low is also important. I know that there are studies that are still being done on this. So um, do what you can with this question. 1223 from Phoebe wants to know, can a plant-based diet help with a COVID damaged heart? In the past week or so, there's been a lot to come out about the potential side effects uh, or damage that the virus can do to the heart. So what do we know as far as how a diet may help out with that? Yeah, you know, Phoebe, you're asking a question that I think many others are probably wondering about. Um, we just don't know, um, not just about a damaged heart, but other sequelae from COVID-19. Some people may suffer lung damage um, or so- loss of smell or taste. We just don't know the long-term data from the virus itself, what things look like six months, 12 months, two years down the line. Um, and we certainly don't know enough about nutrition yet. All we know right now is that a healthy diet can prevent many of the comorbidities that are associated with a more complicated course of COVID-19. Beyond that, we just don't have the research yet. Great question from Tatum at 1228. Something that I think Dr. Shivam Joshi was talking about at ICNM. Uh, Tatum wants to know, are low-fat diets beneficial to someone with kidney stones? Yeah, so actually it, it seems they are. And I'm glad you brought this up. This was also one of the key takeaways from ICNM was, Low-fat plant-based diets can help with chronic kidney disease too. Um, reduce stone formation, absolutely. Uh, and often that's not included in the conversation when treatment is discussed, but definitely look into it. And then low-fat plant-based diets can help with other risk factors for chronic kidney disease, such as high blood pressure and diabetes, which are the two most common. Here's a question that comes up quite often. Uh, So let's go ahead and get another answer on this one. It's from Miriam at 1228. Is stevia a natural better replacement for sugar? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so um, this this is so let me backtrack a little bit. It's about adding sweetness to our food. And traditionally, we would add caloric sweeteners like sugar or maple syrup or agave or molasses. Um, All of these are just 
basically added sugar. Then the food industry came up with artificial sweeteners, which are non-caloric, so they don't have uh, added calories. They don't have any calories, but they're a few hundred times sweeter than natural sugar. And so the problem with that is it reinforces the sweet tooth. We keep wanting sweetness. And we also know from research that people who consume them actually do not lose weight, do not improve their blood sugar values. It's counterintuitive, but it's because of two things. A, we overcompensate for them by consuming more calories. And we also get our brain used to a sweet tooth. So we keep craving for sweet foods. Now, as far as stevia and monk fruit, these are also non-caloric sweeteners, so they don't provide any calories, but they're natural. They're not a product of the food industry per se. They're derived from natural plants. But I'm always a little bit wary of these also because they're also um, much, much sweeter than sugar. And again, because we know that they don't bring calories, I fear that they may have the same impact on us where you know, for having a drink with stevia, we may think, well, those calories don't count. So let me compensate for that by getting more calories elsewhere. That's just human nature. That's what we've done with diet soda. And we may do the same with this. And the other thing is that overly sweet taste is going to reinforce that sweet craving. So we'll keep reaching for sweet things. Um, So I generally recommend just going with table sugar or one of the more standard sweeteners and just really minimizing it and dialing down how much sweetness we like. Final question is more of a comment than anything. It comes to us from Jean at 12.30. Jean says, I went 30 days, no sugar, so I have no desire for it anymore. And so my question then becomes, Dr. Rahman, is completely eliminating sugar from the diet the only way to rid yourself of the sweet tooth? Uh, well, we don't know. Uh, you know, so that's that's... But I think Jean is bringing up a really good point, which is that our taste buds change. They're meant to change. So when Jean stopped adding sugar or sweeteners, um, didn't crave that sweet taste anymore. Um, So again, sugar has no health benefit. And if you can do that, great. If you can use fruits as your dessert, that's perfect. That's ideal. But I think many people find they're not able to do that, in which case, really bringing down the sweetness. And to illustrate this point, um, whenever I travel, I'm struck that in many Asian countries, when they serve cookies or something, they're just not as sweet as they are here. Um, But people find them just as satisfying because they've gotten used to a much less sweet taste. So we can do the same thing here. Even if we can't go all sugar-free, we could dial it down. So instead of two teaspoons in our coffee, let's try a teaspoon and see. And after a few days, that may feel just sweet enough. And we've cut out those unnecessary calories. If you ever have a question that you would like answered on the mailbag, you can go ahead and tweet them to us at PCRM, at Chuck Carroll WLC. Just make sure that you use the hashtag exam room podcast, or you can join us for the exam room live Monday through Friday over on the Physicians Committee's Facebook page or YouTube channel. What you could also do, well, you could ask that question one-on-one to Dr. Ramon or any one of our other wonderful doctors or dietitians from the Barnard Medical Center, for that matter. You've seen them here on the show, and they can actually be your real doctor. It's not like 
the doctors on TV, right? We're not talking about Grey's Anatomy or anything like that. We're talking about real-life doctors, real-life superheroes. And these are the fine folks over at the Barnard Medical Center who want to help you take control of your health. So it's Dr. Rahman, Dr. Jim Loomis, Dr. Jasmal Sardana, then the dietitians who are extraordinary, Lee Crosby, Susan Levin, Maggie Neola, all of them can work with you to become a healthier version of yourself. And that's whether you've been vegan for years, you're that elite level vegan, or you're like Vince and you're just getting going on your plant-based diet. Everyone at the Barnard Medical Center can help. So here is the score. Right now, telemedicine appointments are available in the following states. Telemedicine means you don't even have to leave the comfort of your home. You can do this right on your computer. So if you live in one of the following states, you can make that appointment today. In alphabetical order, here we go. Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky, Maryland, Massachusetts, Missouri, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, or the nation's capital of Washington, D.C. If you live in any of those locales, you can make that appointment today by visiting barnardmedical.org or by picking up the phone to call 202-527-7500. We've put a link to schedule an appointment in the episode notes as well. And while you're clicking around, if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to the Exam Room Podcast by the Physicians Committee. And when you do that, please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or on Spotify, wherever shows are available. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button, and help to make the world a healthier place. And that's going to do it for us today. My thanks again to Vince Bodiford and Kamatni Rollins for joining us today as Vince just gets going on his journey, and to Dr. Vanita Rahman for spending a little time with us as well. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based.